unmute yourself. You're muted. I think your camera's stuck. Okay. Okay, I hear you. Okay, yeah, my my husband is getting the Wi-Fi extension. Okay, I had paused it till um, she comes back. Is everyone back yet? She's back, so she's he's getting the Wi-Fi extension. Okay. It's breaking up. Oh, yeah, because it looks like it's still done. Okay. It's all good. I forgot that the exterminator was coming, so he's working at the house right now. And I kind of might have flipped out of my chair <laughs> trying to get to the door. So it's just, you know, you know, it's all good. I'm professional. Okay. Everything will work out is fine. Yeah, I'm not stressing it. She's probably going to come back in because um something about the where she's at, the Wi-Fi, I guess, isn't great. I know how that goes. Yeah. Sorry. I know you have to stuff to do, so that's why I was like, uh, I don't know how to fix it. And no worries, I'm actually waiting for my daughter anyway. Oh, okay. That's what's up. Oh, my knee hurts. Like, literally, so it's, I'm sitting in a Papazon chair, so I literally flip the whole chair on uh -huh. me. Yeah, you know. This half-awake stuff is not what's up right now. Oh, my God. Oh, this side. Oh, the garage. What's up? The tree. We can do it when we get back. I was trying to do it now so that I don't have to reopen the garage. Oh, I thought she would be more suspicious now than later. No, because I told her I was bringing in the trash. Okay. It's open. Oh, my bad. <laughs> oh, give me a second, Courtney. No, you're fine. Be right back. No, you're good. Oh, no, you're fine. Have you heard anything in the ceilings lately? No, I have not. No.
All right. Uh, I just got a couple things to finish up outside, and then I'm all set. All right. Good. Have a good one. Thank you, you too. Hey, I think she's backstage. Oh, okay. Thank you. No problem. Thank you. All righty. Ah, kiss me. Yeah. Perfect. Is that Super. better? Yes. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to jump out. It looks like it's been recording, but that's fine because I can edit all that. Okay. So you just like count down and then do your recording. Okay. I'll see. I'll see y'all. All right. Thank you. <coughs> good morning. <laughs> How are you doing? Oh, good morning, Courtney. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm. I've got like a very chesty cough. Uh, but uh, it's been. I think it's COVID. I don't know. Just, <laughs> but it. Yeah, it feels like it, but. I'm going on holiday tomorrow, so... Okay! <laughs> I feel you. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to um, preset it like how I would normally do. I'll okay. do my intro, and then we'll just go right into you. And so for this interview, we're going by... Pronounce it so I can say your, make sure I say your name right. Leona. Leona, okay. That's what I thought, but That's I will it. make sure the accent's on it right. Oh, okay. I did the, the I wrong, but it doesn't matter. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. All right, so I'm gonna just count it down and do like I would normally do. You can do. call me Irene. You can. No, that's yeah. why I was just like, whichever what what we're going by is what but we'll do. I, I don't mind. This is what I'm saying. Like, if you mix them, because obviously in the book it says Irene, so that's that's okay. Okay. All right. Perfect. All right. Good morning and welcome to According to Courtney. Thank you for coming in and joining us today. On According to Courtney, what we do is I am a full spectrum doula, childbirth educator, and doula mentor. On According to Courtney, we sit and discuss about different things like maternal infant mortality, filling your cup, sex, and, and everything in between. Today, I am so honored to have such an amazing midwife to come in and speak with us and a, and a great author who's going to share her perspective of what it's like to be in the birth world. We have Miss Leona. So great to have you today. It's so great to be here, Courtney. I'm so, so, so glad. I'm so happy to have you. So like I like to open up every show, I would love to know where what's your name, where are you from? And what, what information do you want to bring into the space today? Okay, so my name is Leona Nieta. Uh, my name in the book, my name, I, the, the name my parents gave me is Irene Garzón. Uh, I'm from Spain. I live in Mexico now. And I've been a midwife for... 20 years, 20, around, yeah, 20, 21 years. And I've moved from thinking that midwives were the ones who help uh, babies being born to just holding the space for what anything that will 
happen in the space. Now I'm much more broadening people's minds, helping midwives and doulas find their way. Um, I've been studying uh, humanity since I can remember. Uh, so seeing where we come from, where we are at now, to see how we can move the direction of where we are going towards towards a kind place, towards happiness, towards love, towards where we were thousands of years ago. Oh, that's so beautiful. I'm so glad and honored to have you in your space. So, Leona, you say that you're, you've mentioned right off the fact that you're from Spain, and I would love for you to really like give some people some background on you and your story and what brought you to this place now. Okay, so Spain is a very hurt country. Each country, of course, have their history. Spain had a civil war in uh, just before the Second World War. That's the reason we didn't go to that war is because we couldn't. It was, and it divided the the country in in two halves, and the winners and the losers. Then from that war, we had a dictatorship that lasted like for, what, 50 years, 40 something. Uh, so we've had a very, uh, the Spanish society is very divided society, mm -hmm. but it's just two teams. So it's either this one or that one. And individuality, let's say it's lost because that you have these ideas or that you were the one who was in that site doesn't mean that you have any other thing in common with these people mm -hmm. or that you don't have things in common with, with the other ones. <coughs> Excuse me. So all that pain, all that pain is there in any conversation, in anything, it's always, yeah. So I studied midwifery in Spain. My dad is an obstetrician. My mom is... Uh, uh, literature teacher, so mm -hmm. you, you can see <laughs> why why I ended up writing a book about about uh, birth, and so I I grew around birth, and I remember when I was twelve, and don't judge anyone of, on this, but there were other times, and my dad actually invited me to go and, 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 and see a baby being born. Mm -hmm. And of course, I am 12. I get invited to, of course, I'm going there. Mm -hmm. This was a time when women were um, uh, completely anesthetized. Like they had general anesthesia to, for, a, for a section. Oh, wow. So I had spent what? Like all my life, like, oh, look at what my dad does. He, he was like the, the greatest uh, person uh ever like professionally speaking and then like the moment like the the, the scalpel touched the the skin i just left it was just like obviously this is not if somebody invites you to see a birth this is this is not <laughs> this is not what you expect right at all. so i left and then they came to call me when they said oh the baby's about to be born and I was just at the door. I saw the baby being born and then the baby disappears and mm -hmm. my dad stays there with for what me felt 
like an empty corpse. And because obviously she was she was not there. She was completely anesthetized. It was just like a, a, an open container that the baby wow. had been taken away. And the baby was taken away by the by the midwife. <clears throat> and then my dad said, you want to go with her? Just, I was like, of course. I mean, what a question. It's like, I thought my dad was the other one. I don't know. I mean, I knew he was a doctor. and But in that moment, he was just like, I, I I found I felt like I removed the the, the and I found who I wanted to be, oh. and then I was totally fascinated. I mean, and obviously the midwife was doing all the things that you should never do to a newborn. Like she was washing the baby and 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 combing the hair and and removing the vernix and dressing the baby and and and, and putting perfume on and and I was just wow. like, this is it. This is what I want to do. I have to say that I never did it. <laughs> I never that, <laughs> done that to a baby. Right. But but for me it was like this is it. This is what I'm doing. So I studied nursing in Spain because you have to be a nurse to become a midwife. Okay. And I yeah I went to the UK. Mm. The UK compared with Spain, uh, we really looked up to it, saying, "Oh, the way midwifery is developed and the way they." They respect women and they respect their choices. And and so I want to study there. Uh, then obviously it wasn't as amazing as I thought it was. And yes, they do respect your choices. Uh-huh. If you know your choices, if you have things clear. Yeah, okay. They know the law, let's say, the, 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 the British people. And if you... I don't know, say, I am not having a cesarean section. They might try to convince you, but you'd end up signing something and you don't have a cesarean section. Like, you own your body. The last word in making a decision over your body, it's yours. That That doesn't happen in Spain. In Spain, we've had more than one case where a woman has declined medical guidance, medical mm-hmm. advice, and the police has been to her had to pick her up and take her to the hospital. And this has happened wow. at least in two occasions that I know of. So when that happens, that is absolutely, you know, we always compare like what a, we go through here in America and our numbers are looking like a third world country. But to hear something like that is so disturbing. So who's able to make that call to force her to go in? From it's, So the, the obstetrician in charge feels uh-huh. challenged and... And, 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 and they're not used to be challenged. They've always, it's been what I say. I mean, I've just told you, an obstetrician took a 12-year-old to a, um, a yes. area, violating complete, completely that woman's and that baby's space. So this is, we can do it, so we do it. They So mm. this doctor feels challenged. Then the doctor finds out. I mean, I remember one of the ladies, she was having a, the baby was breech. And, mm-hmm. and, and she went home because she wasn't in labor. I mean, she wanted at least to wait until she was in labor to have the cesarean section. So they feel challenged. Oh, she's doing something. They call the judge. And of course, the judge, well, it's the same shit with a different 
thing on. Right. Remove the doctor's one and, and put the judge one on. So I've got an authority here who is telling me that this woman is misbehaving. And look at that. That woman, doctor is saying the baby is at risk. So this woman is crazy. So, of course, the judge was just, what do you need? I need you a police order to go and get that woman. So the judge gives them the order. This happens, and then, obviously, the woman denounces. Then the, the, the next, I don't know, like the local court uh-huh. uh, says, no, so sorry, the hospital and the judge did it right. So then it was to the higher, like the Spanish court. Uh-huh. And then again, of course, of course. What are we talking about? A judge and a doctor against a, a crazy woman who doesn't know anything about her birth. And of course, they are the authority. But what happens? After going to the highest Spanish one, they go to uh, the United Nations. Oh. And what does the United Nations says? Spain, you cannot do this. Hey, Spanish system, this is just completely wrong. Uh It doesn't matter. That baby is inside that woman. And if that baby is dying and the woman says, I want to leave the hospital, that's a human right. And they don't have that clear at all. So after fighting what I could, I just said, I'm so sorry. This is not something that I'm going to be able to sort out. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to get the hurt that these people have. Mm-hmm. So I just, I left the system. I left everything. I, I, I unregistered. I, well, after being in Spain, I went traveling. I worked independently. Then I went to uh, work again uh, in the UK. And, and after working in a hospital and... I always say like it feels like me working in a hospital is like a vegan in a slaughterhouse. It's just like this is just it, it doesn't work. It doesn't go together. This is just I suffer every the moment I put my foot into the hospital until the moment I leave. So then I found a job in a university and I said, that's it. That's it. Of course, maybe a hospital. Yeah. But if I get to teach the next generation of midwives, I know I, I, I like I can see. I can mm-hmm. see, so I can I can help them see. But no, of course not. It was exactly the same crap, but just with a different hat. Again, as we said, like the doctor, now the judge. Now it's another part of the system where they just wanted us to teach them checklist midwifery. Like when they, like when that woman leaves their care, like mm-hmm. they sell it to you, like they're safe. No, they're safe. No, we are safe. Like if she comes back with, I don't know, death or an illness that you have done all the checks. So that's what we've done. Whether she's going to have postnatal depression, whether she's going to love that baby, whether we just fucked up the moment where they meet and, and that bonding. and That has nothing to do with checklist midwifery. The only thing yeah. important is for the employer. It's, I want you to keep me and my business safe. So I said, that's it. I I had enough. I don't want the system. I don't want to be part of this. I had a friend who, um, she's a midwife too. She went to, she helped a woman uh, during her birth because during COVID, like home births were 
banned in the UK. And then she said, I'm actually going to have the baby at home. And can you please uh, accompany me? And, and she did as a friend and the baby had a problem. And then she helped the baby. And then she had just like the whole uh, midwifery system on her. Oh, on no. her, she's a woman of color. And she says like, white midwife this doesn't happen to white midwives but what i'm trying to say is like she is a very good friend of mine what was happening to her was so unfair and so shit that i said that's it i just unregistered dropped my registration after 20 years of being a registered midwife and said like the system is not my way anymore that's not the way i want to go so i opened up a midwifery school but the word midwife is so, so corrupted now because now midwife is that person who has a paper and that paper just means careful with me because I've been there. I've been in the universities. I've been in two universities of one of the countries where midwifery is supposed to be best. Well, I'm telling you, the only way it's out of the system. That's the only way. And I know that this is like for many people, this is mm -hmm. so new. It's the only way. We are powerful women when they give birth and well, you, you, you're a doula and you know, there's nothing rated. It's, it's sacred what you are witnessing. And it was mm -hmm. so, so powerful and so big that they tried to remove it from us. And that's what happens in the system. And the thing is, you go so happy to the system. You don't mind because I don't know. You 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 you're going to buy a house, then you 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 find an architect. You go to go on holiday. You find a, a travel agency. You're pregnant. I don't know. You go to the hospital. You go to the and, and you trust, like you trust mm -hmm. the architect or you trust the travel agent to to do their job in in your best interest. And then there you go. The moment you sign in, boom, 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 one after another until they completely remove the experience from you. It's so shocking to hear, to hear this from you because, you know, I've had lots of different, you know, a couple of different midwives here from different ways of taking their midwifery journey. And it's interesting to say about how the system itself over and over again, people who have been in the hospital situation have all kind of said the same thing of like how midwifery, how itself and how you want to care for clients and patients, you can't. It's like the piece of what makes a midwife different from an OB it's really that one-on-one -on -one care piece. And that's why many of us go into that journey of, okay, I can go into the hospital, I can go give this care. And, you know, even being, you know, from America and over here, we all talk about and dream about the perfect midwifery experience is over in the UK, where we're seen as equals, we're able to do this work and do it purposefully. But to hear from someone who's been in the system for 20 years and how, how traumatic was that? So let me ask you to go back into that. When you came into it with your training, was it like that? Was your training just like check boxes or did you feel like there was still that hope a part of it? And do you think that has changed now that it's become more of a checkbox? No, no, okay. no. It, it was exactly the same. Obviously, it is me who has changed. It is me who has grown mm -hmm. and, and you're able to see Obviously, compared to what I knew and what I had seen as a nurse in Spain, then, yeah, there was a difference. And there was um, a caring aspect 
a mm -hmm. human aspect to it. Like midwives are amazing. Okay, I'm, I'm not saying that midwife, no, it's the system. And mm. if you ask any midwife who has the paper, where did she dream herself to be when she first made the decision, I'm going to become a midwife, what did she see herself doing? It was definitely not what she's doing. Mm. And, and that's it. And they said, okay, but this is it. And now, I mean, I've got a loan to pay that... It's just the moment, like that woman who is pregnant and gets into the system, it's exactly the same conveyor belt that the mm -hmm. midwife gets in. And then what happens? I've got my loan. I, it has taken me forever to get this paper that says I'm a midwife. <coughs> I have suffered so much. I've witnessed so much violence and so much abuse. And then what happens? That I can see that there are other midwives, other carers, other women who actually didn't get in the conveyor belt and they are doing the job that I dreamt of doing. They mm -hmm. are actually doing going to women's houses and, I don't know, having a drink with them while the other children play and she comes with her own children and, and, and she comes to a birth and she can't leave the child with somebody and she comes with her. And this is okay because mm -hmm. it's a human relationship it's one human the other human the circumstances around each those two people those two families and 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 it's a huge huge difference so after you've spent all that money all that time all that effort all that abuse it doesn't stop it doesn't stop because you're not happy because the job that you have is you keep abusing others and you were not there to abuse others, but you have to become strong. And how do you become strong against abuse? You can carry on being the victim or you can move, go a little bit up the ladder uh -huh. and take the other role. And that's not on the midwife. That's again on the system. When you are abused and you cannot stop being abused, for you not to abuse others, it takes it takes a lot of work and a lot of eye opening. So it is, it is, it is very complicated. And that's why we are, I don't know how you say, it, re revolting. This is the, the revolution. We are stepping out of the system more and more and more uh, women are starting to train as you put a name, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Birth workers, doulas, healers, uh, midwives, you, you put the name, medicine women. Yeah, because, okay, I now understand. I can heal. Mm -hmm. I know I've got this power. I don't need somebody with a tie and a code to tell me yes you are valid to do this because they're not telling you the truth you are valid to work for the system that's what the paper means that's the only thing it means and that's exactly what it means you mm -hmm. go and work for the system and suffer the system on you mm, that's really powerful and it gives people perspective on what type of midwives they want to choose into it because a lot of people 
when I know from midwives I've spoken to, it's all usually the same. It's about empowering the, the family into birthing the way that they want to, being able to hold space for them, have, having them to have that intimate experience of bringing women, bringing people together to birth with each other, women to women birthing together in a tribe and knowing that the family is safe, that we're taking care of each other and that community. That's what you always usually think about. And what does that community look like in the hospital, out of the hospital? And I love to hear you talk about what we would call a lot of times traditional midwifery, how midwifery really started in this country, especially in the South where, you know, enslaved women coming here from where they came from, bringing that the intimacy of this is how you birth, taking care of each other and having to do it as an economic system, which is very disturbing and even moving into the antebellum period these same enslaved midwives were now made to be nurses teaching cesareans and having it done to them to teach on it so it's very interesting to talk about the trauma of midwifery and where does that come from and how in your country where it came from and how what you saw and then how again you see this over and over again this trauma and pain and trauma of pain when that's not what midwifery is is never was meant to be that. So I think that's very beautiful. That brings you to that now in this space of this is how I'm doing midwifery and this is how you're seeing midwifery. So now that you've moved into this different space and you have mentioned your midwifery school, tell us about that. You know, what I know what brought you to that, but what, how are you set up so that when you're teaching? So, yeah. It happened during COVID, so it was so like a transformation, like feeling more trapped than I had already feel. It was just like the 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 the, the last I say a straw that broke the camel's back. So it was that's it. I I need to leave this. We we were we moved to Mexico in that time. We we had to leave the UK. It was just it was just it was Brexit just like before the. COVID, it was, it was just an unwelcoming place for us to, to stay. So I said, this is it. I'm going to develop a curriculum in what I believe in midwifery from the heart. I called it true midwifery. Um, and it was all about first healing the midwife. Feeling the care, healing the carer. You, you, you cannot give yourself, you cannot hold the space if you are full of pain and full of hurt. And for that, we need to be seen. We need to be able to tell a story. And 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 it's like nobody cares. Every I remember like most women who come to my to my school, uh they ask for like their, the, what they need to be part of this school. They don't have this, they don't have that, or they do have this. You just need to want to be here. You just need to see if this is the right place for you. We need to talk about trauma. We need to talk about love. We need to talk about pain and pleasure. We need to talk about fear. We need to talk about the hormones, how they work, what happens, the sacredness of the moment, how we can spoil it. All these things that are so, so, so important. And they are not part of any midwifery curriculum or, of, of course, of not the most of like the systemic ones. Right. So this is the way to find like traditional schools is just going for some that are completely outside of the system. Mm -hmm. And there are several, several in your, in, in the States alone. Mm -hmm. 
So well, I think that's beautiful to bring that up. It's just like, you know, it's a different way of thought because when, how many times have you gone to school and said, okay, so how do we heal ourselves first before we're putting hands on other people? So if you're taking this route of midwifery, you know, just like the same, I know you guys probably go over HIPAA and everything else like that about how to take care of your clients and everything else, but you're talking about self and how does that transfer into birth? It's like, you know, it sounds like you're teaching how to heal somebody while you're assisting them in their birthing process. Absolutely. The, well, the keys and the, 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 the base is, and I think this is where, how we are going to be able to move forward now. It was what, 10,000 years ago when, when we, we live like since the beginning of humanity until 10,000 years ago, we live in balance, in equilibrium, in equity. Women were this way, men were this way. They were different. And those differences, we just lived happily with it. Uh -huh. Then we started farming. And then that's how the, like the snowball effect started. It was that first snowball and it started rolling. And that just came to, we were the the, the 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 carers the ones who talk the ones who listen mm -hmm. the the men went hunting and we stayed looking after the elder the younger the sick the children uh, the other mothers uh, we did the language we did the caring we did they they didn't because the, the role was much more specific mm -hmm. they had to have one leader who would actually be the one that everybody had to be uh looking at so you didn't make noise so you didn't lose the prey so the prey didn't kill one of you it was very very specific what they did so we were the heart of the community man just needed to be silent and be strong and and well, I guess more things, but I'm, I'm trying to I, I'm trying to go towards the, the women. I understand, I understand, I understand. It's like we're not denouncing you that you're not important, but Absolutely. we didn't That's what you, I'm trying to say. Right, I but you didn't need you in the business. Like Absolutely. you weren't in the business of the birthing, you weren't in the business of the nurturing. And it's not that we didn't want you there, that's just not the need. The need was I need you to go get this meat, I need you to go hunt, I need you to go do this because I am carrying this. Absolutely. Absolutely. So then when we started farming and then we started having animals, so the, the, there's no more need for hunt. And then they, the men, obviously, then just what are they going to do? Nothing. No, they, 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 their role needs to be fulfilled. So how was it fulfilled? They took over. They took over. So now, obviously, we, we start farming. So we have more than we should so we are going to sell it so she stays at home and they are the ones who who start having those relationships that they didn't they didn't yeah. before so we have come to the point where uh everything has been dealt by the male structure right that hierarchy with one person at the top and the relevance of importance and the one we all have to look up and that's the one who tell us how we need to do things but we don't do that mm -hmm. we are in a circle we are all equal we listen to anyone who has something to say whether she's old or young we 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 work like this but what happens in midwifery 
the structure is exactly the same than the rest mm. of the areas, but it's all women or 99.9% women. Right. Women for women at the, at the same time. So we are working with a hierarchical structure that doesn't work for us because mm. we are not bosses. We are not used to do that. We are used to be in a circle and talk to each other. Mm -hmm. this is what important. has happened that's why everybody is so hurt and you cannot in this structure it's like okay we are actually hunting and we don't hunt mm -hmm. so we are like no but that one is not there she's i can see her i can see i don't know her but but the other one is is, is making noise and that's what we're doing it's like because we don't hunt we don't stay down and and wait for somebody to tell us what to do Yes, we've been doing that for 10,000 years. Right. But that doesn't mean that at cellular level, what we have, like the womanness inside mm -hmm. of us, that's still intact. So it doesn't work. It's not because we teach you a men structure, then you're going to thrive in a men structure. Mm -hmm. But the same thing happens to men. They don't thrive here either because, yes, they're the privileged ones here. But still, they're unhappy. They're unhappy because there's such an imbalance. Everybody wants to be happy, and you want your 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 people around you to be happy. You don't want to. Oh, I'm so happy up here. Look how bad the others are. That's true. And this is everybody's good at heart. Mm -hmm. And this is where the conflict comes. We are so hurt that sometimes we can't even hear love, and we just ah attack. And I don't know, you're coming with love, ah, but I'm not ready to even get it. I've just, I'm so hurt that I just have uh, fear to give. That's mm -hmm. my only reaction. So understanding this balance between love and fear, it's, it's of paramount importance for this paradigm change. I completely agree with you. I see it a lot in like in the system when you're dealing with um, birth. And just as a space of a dueling, you're dealing with your client, it's always that love and fear, that love of excitement of having your baby, but the fear of the system, fear of what's going to happen, the fear of that, and how fear can take over. And I think that's a very good segue to your book, which is, I started reading, and it is definitely amazing about those spaces of what fear really does in the system when it comes to birth. And I would love for you to go in and like, tell us about the title of your book and why you chose to write it. Ooh, why I chose to write it. Uh, it just wrote itself. It's, mm -hmm. it's, as I told you, I had that literature writer blood, I don't know, in me. Yeah. And and I've always been very good at telling stories. Mm -hmm. uh, before social media, when I was studying midwifery, I remember I sent an email to all my friends. I was a diary of a student midwife, and I would just tell them my life. And, and then I just started having this idea. <laughs> if every woman that I speak with, I tell them, this is going to happen, now you're going to go home, and you're going to, every, your whole world is going to, crash down and and you know it's uh, it's going to be okay but you need to ask for help like really opening their eyes and not saying okay just go back home and i'll see you in six weeks but hey this is going to be hard and you're going to have feelings for your mother that you're not going to have for your mother-in-law 
and you're going to have feelings for the father of your child that you're going to be, ah, don't even touch my baby. Mm -hmm. And this is important that they know. So seeing that I could make a difference to each of the women that I was looking after and sending them home and giving them this talk with the partner next to them so they could actually understand all the process and how uh, this was normal. Uh, I said, okay, it is the time that I don't know, I can press play to, to, to this knowledge that I have so that I can actually, or people can just have the whole knowledge without having me to look after them, let's uh -huh. say. So I just started writing uh, this, the, the, the central story of the book that it's in a, in a busy labor ward in, in Spanish hospital. And, and then the rest of the stories started appearing. So my main idea was to show, like, if you are actually inside a hospital with all the, I don't know, power battles between uh -huh. the, the staff and the, and the doctors and the midwives and, and the nurses and the women and the family who families who came there, the different scenarios when... I don't know, citing an epidural, why is it good, why is it not, how the person can be abusive and the woman just shuts down because he makes her little and then i don't know it all of a sudden i said no i have to on top of that go individually to these pregnant women uh -huh. so there are like seven eight uh pregnant women who start to find out that they're pregnant at the same time each one of them with a different story so there is like um two childhood best friends who are pregnant at the same time and they are mother, married to uh, siblings, so a brother and a sister. Uh -huh. uh, so obviously one of them is a couple of lesbians and the other one is a straight couple. Um, the different perspectives of how they see birth, uh, how, I don't know, one couple is more open, the other is more closed because obviously they're, they're family and they're going to have conversations in uh -huh. the book that you are going to see the different parts. So then there is like a, a heavy smoker and how she's pregnant and and, and, and ah, how, how do I do this? Anyone who is suffering with addiction and you know how huge the system comes to tell you you're a bad mother and you're horrible and look what you're doing. There is a teenager, there is a, an escort, there is a, a, a woman who has had a previous very, very painful obstetric history uh, there is a woman who chooses to give birth on her own on her own terms with no man and so it is just each one of these women that go to this hospital there is this doctor who runs the clinic who is a misogynistic sexist racist i mean he he has his all and then you have these women going to his clinic the one who's lost the baby, the one who, the lesbians, the one who, to, to show, to show the world, to say, hey, I mean, this, the, the book is beautiful. You don't need to, 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 to what? I mean, a I, I, I friend that I've got that is gay, he said, it's the, I don't want children. I don't like children. And it's the best book I've read. I mean, it's really interesting. You start and you don't stop because the stories are really, really cutting. And that was the idea. Because mm -hmm. I want you 
to enjoy. I don't want you to put it down until you've listened to everything I had to tell you. Right. It definitely is very, it catches your attention. And I was reading it um, over the last couple of days. And what I love about it is the humanity of how real it is because you are getting all the perspectives and how different perspectives really transfer to the birth. There's in the beginning, you know, they had a, a client who is um, a heavier set woman giving birth and that they're going to give her, um, they're taking bets that she's going to need a C-section. She's just there to be induced and it's her first baby and just the difference of what it sets up from the back end of before she, you were even talking to her, she's the worst person ever. She doesn't know anything. It's okay. She's overweight. She's fat. She's going to be a C-section. She's a waste of time. And then setting that in from a switch change of shift. And that you see that all the time in real life when you're in a birth, you can tell through report what was said about you. And so how they show up and how her asking questions and being fearful and how the midwife's like, I'm going to have the doctor come in here and just not having any care with even, you know, doing a check on her body to a person who was foreign that they're calling her Chinese, but she only speaks Spanish and that it's okay to violate her rights. Like they wouldn't get her an interpreter or give her an epidural, but it's okay to give her a C-section because we could always say that it's an emergency and having students there. And that is what is being taught because that's real life. But I've seen it all, Courtney. I've seen it all. And, 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 and you've asked me and people ask me, are, are these real stories? And it's, of course, I mean, I haven't written them from a real person, right. but they are, they are, of course they are. Every time I've been um, promoting the book and just having a read, I've I've met all the characters of my book. They've come to me, I'm Elena, I'm Sarah, I'm, this happened to me. No, it happened worse because obviously reality is, is, is worse than, than fiction. And I write a story and I try to put all the versions and i try to put the, the the horrible person give her some kindness because yeah. we are not all horrible and we are all not all kind we have our yin and yang and 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 for example one of the things that i that i found that it was really important there is one midwife that is like the, the ah that midwife that you just don't want to touch even with with the stick yes but she's the midwife. I've chosen to care for the couple who has to give birth a dead baby. And she does it impeccably. And you can hear the, her thoughts and saying like, oh shit, she's going to give birth on me. Well, because that happens to, nobody wants to birth a, 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 a dead baby if you can accompany a, a live baby being born. And no, I don't want to say nobody wants. Yes, I do want, and I know that I'm in there. But that thought that, okay, this wasn't for me. I'm, my shift finishes, and, and this woman is not going to give birth, or, yeah, it is going to happen before I go. Those internal thoughts of, yeah, I am, I've got this trauma, I've got this pain, but look, in this part, I've healed, and yes. I know perfectly where is my place here. I have no idea where my place is with women who have are having a live baby because I've been trained to abuse them. But mm -hmm. okay, now we're talking about death. This 
it's much easier to crack you open with death and pain than to crack you open with with routine routinary joy so it's it's um how do i say um even i mean like there is a story of of a baby that is given for adoption and the mother is uh, has been consuming cocaine like whole pregnancy and the judgment on that mother and and and, and all that it is but then you listen to that mother too because that mother has a life that mother has friends that mother had i don't know a whole tremendous hole to get pregnant and keep doing that and keep drink so it is so important to see from others perspective i think that's that's like my favorite thing about the book is that it gives you humanity of what it is because everybody you know there's all we hear all different type of tragic birth stories amazing birth stories everything but we forget that everyone is human Absolutely. everybody has a place to pity in it and i think that's very important that you did bring up that midwife because i know exactly which one you're talking about i'm like oh she is so ugly acting she's so jaded she's so and how i read it, it's like wow the system really broke you the system really harmed you that this is routine, even in her directions of how she speaks to people. Like she cracks your joy from the beginning so that you understand your place. But it's also, it comes from that generation of tough love. It was like, yes, I'm breaking you, but guess what? The system's going to break you anyway. This is your first into it. Crack, now you're a mother. You're Absolutely. broken now. Yeah. Yeah. Let me break you. And But that was her role. I'm here to break you and let you understand motherhood is nothing but breaking you, which is very interesting. And actually a thought process that a lot of people have versus having the other midwife who has the parents who are empowered and loving and doing it their way and showing you can do both. You can make the difference of someone getting an epidural and doing everything just based off what you say and how you come up there. But to also hear about that midwife who is, you know, we call her trifling and awful and other expense, be able to hold space for death. And you make something very clear. With you as a birth worker or someone who's, a, you know, enamored with birth, people get stuck on the birth. They're like, oh my God, birth. And they think birth as in life. It's not always true. Absolutely. With being a midwife, you have to deal with all the aspects and dealing with death and holding space for death. And again, you know, and being able to do that and to see someone that broken be able to be soft and to be gentle and to be loving and to be nurturing shows the humanity that we all have. And I feel like in birth, we forget that. And a lot of times in the system, we forget that we're all human. Even the people that are harming you, they're human too. And they didn't get here from just, I'm waking up today and I decided I'm going to be you know, nurse ratchet and be the worst, meanest, nastiest thing out there. It's that the system has made people like this and they're just surviving and they're actually trying to do their lessons. And, you know, that's what I really enjoyed about this book is everyone's teaching you a lesson from their perspective, even Don't from you. the clients, even from the patients. This is your worst perspective of life, but this is how I got here. Good, bad, or indifferent. I might not have chosen to get here or I did everything in my power to get here but in how people show up in my life and help write my story. And I think anyone who's like considering doing midwifery period should read this so you understand what it is and who you want to be and what you're comfortable with it. 
You know, I'm a big advocate for all different types of, for my nurse practitioner midwives, for my traditional midwives. I think that either way you take in a road in there, you should be able to come back to a book like this and be like, hmm, are you ready for what it really comes with? Even if you're private practice and you're doing your home births and everything else and births and a birth, you're still dealing with society and dealing with the traumas of where these people have come from. They're coming to you to be healed, but also understanding broken people do broken things. And what are you going to do when you get these broken women who's been harmed by the system, who has no trust coming to you and say, hey, I need to have a baby. You, the midwife, have to unpack all of that in sometimes a very short period of time. It depends on when you get to your client. And then again, the system says, cut them loose. All right, you had your baby. All right. Uh, so all that trauma we just worked on, great, we worked on it, but you don't belong to me anymore. Good luck. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot to process, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Every single person in the world tries their absolute best. And this has taken me a long time to understand. But see yourself. Look at yourself at your lowest. That time when, oh shit, yes, I was really, really low. And you did that thing. Right. Well, it was actually the best you could do. And yes, it was that crap. But that's the best you could do. So when you are with someone who is in a really, really horrible place, that's the best they can do. And I think this is key for you to be able to detach yourself. This is not personal. It has nothing to do with you. It has to do with that person who is being triggered and is now going back to, I don't know, when he, she was five, nine years old, whenever that trauma happened but each one of us even a psychopath tries their best uh, th whatever their best looks like right exactly. right right exactly. And, I, and i think that's really important and uh, i love that you brought that into the space that i think we all for humanity purposes even for if you are not a birth worker but you're someone who's planning to give birth to keep that in the back of your mind is that your birth is very personal this is your personal experience but you also have to take out to the fact that people around you are having their lived experience. And when you're reading this book and then you're in those situations, it kind of reminds you, I know as a doula, that's what we're taught to do. Click out of it. This is, you have to make the person see their humanity and remind them, it's not about you right now. I understand you're in your life. I can see that you're triggered right now. I can see, you know, especially, you know, you get doctors who feel like the God complex is coming and who are you as a birth worker or as an advocate, as a parent, as a mother giving birth to challenge me and having that reminder of, hey, how are you? I understand you're feeling triggered right now. You feel like I'm trying to make you less than I'm not. I'm trying to understand. Let's have humanity with each other. And I, th I feel like that is the main thing to what I take away from this book is that to see the humanity in the next person and to remind other people to see the humanity in you and then you to see the humanity in others. So you know how to move in this birth realm and circle and then that turns into a life lesson of where's your humanity 
how do you stand in your, your humanity? And I'm just, I'm so glad you wrote this book. And again, I know I asked in the beginning, but I don't think we caught it. What is the title of this book? How do people get your book? And how do people be able to reach out to you for your midwifery school? Okay. So um, let's wait a moment. I need to plug in my computer. No problem. <laughs> no problem. Um, Now, yeah. Is it okay if I read a few pages or? Sure, that's fine. Yeah, okay. So I think it's going to be easier. So the, the book is called The Womb Emptying Society. Mm -hmm. uh, I know it's not the most beautiful uh, title for a birth novel, that, but I, I'm warning you. I'm warning you about what you're going to read. I don't want you to, I don't know, look for something like what to expect when you're expecting and then you find this. And right. I actually want you to, okay, okay, yeah. This this might be a little bit challenging. This might be eye-opening. And this right. is this is what I... So I'm going to read you uh, a little bit, see if my cough allows me. Okay. And... And then you'll know why, why, why that's the title. Marta, Kande and Celia are in the staff room. Kande is brewing coffee. Anna comes in and turns the TV on. On screen, there's a famous Spanish singer with her baby in her arms, typically posing at the door of a private clinic after having her baby. She's already given birth, asks Kande. Looks like it, replies Marta. Give birth, my ass, replies Anna. C-section, I bet my life. They all do, these celebrities. Just look at her. She can't even move. There's a silence as all of them look at the screen and listen. The baby's a boy and he weighed three kilos. He was born by C-section last Monday morning. Both mother and son are in perfect state. You have to be daft to let them do that to you, Candace says. Do they really think it's the best for their babies? Does anyone in the right mind really believe that a C-section is better than a vaginal birth? It depends on who for, Marta replies. I know some who at the first chance do a C-section before because it's the best for them. Yeah, well, you're right, but that's the lazy and unscrupulous doctor. I don't deny that they exist, who gets rid of a woman by sectioning her the minute he has the chance to, just to have a quiet night. But that's not the case here. The obstetricians of the celebrities don't do it in order not to be woken up at 3 a.m. They do it for other reasons, which are also very clear to me. What I don't get is what makes a woman believe that a C-section is better than a vaginal birth. To her, who is suffering it on her own flesh, how do they sell it to her that a cat in her belly is better than what nature intended? Are they all stupid? I don't think they're stupid, replies Marta. I think they're victims, as are all the women who, for some reason or another, have an unnecessary. These ones are more the victims yet, adds Celia, pointing with her chin towards the TV, because they are completely used by the private hospitals. As they're famous, the reputation of whoever does the C-section will soar like a rocket. Can you imagine one of these doctors saying at a press conference, 
there's nothing to tell. We just let nature follow its course, and this is the result. Oh, and as, uh, and as doctors only act when things deviate from normality, here is the real, the real expert in normal birth, the midwife who was with them. She says, taking Marta by the arm, who states the hypothetical situation. No, 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 please don't take photos of me, all the merits on the mother and the baby. I just did my job giving them what they needed. Girl, for the one time in your lifetime that you are at the birth of a celebrity, promote yourself, direct her pushes, do an episiotomy, or say you gave the baby a bottle because the mother was too tired to breastfeed. Well, there's the crux of the matter in what you just said, says Celia pointing towards Skander. What professional presented with such a chance to get recognized would say the merit is not theirs, that they were just there? Or in the case of a doctor, that he didn't even enter the room because it was not necessary? Believe it or not, the least important in this case are the woman and that baby. So that's why I'm asking you again, because I don't get it. If the fact that C-section is harmful for both mother and baby is a proven thing, and it is also proven that the baby needs, says Candy, stressing the word, the mother births hormones for the correct emotional development. If there is no real benefit for birthing and being born by C-section, but all the opposite, how do you convince a woman that she must go through an operation when there is a much better alternative? By turning things over, by lying to her. You sell her birth as something bad, full of possible things that can go wrong, dirty, for poor people. Your baby come, coming out of your vagina is for riffraff. You tell her that a C-section is much better, that she can choose the date, that she won't have to wait until the 40th week, that this way her skin won't stretch anymore in the last weeks. What nonsense. That you won't go through labor pains, she keeps on enumerating. No. You just go through a much more painful recovery period for weeks when, we, when you won't be able to hold your baby or laugh, adds Candy. Hey, I'm already counting the things that they say to convince them. I don't agree with them, Anna complains, and she goes on with her, with her sequence. Seeing it that way, and they believe all that, Candy inquires. Well, see, there's your answer. They all end up with a C-section. The princess, the singer, the model, the football player's wife. Hmm. So I, 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 it's, it's just because it's very long and I'm, I'm aware of the time. That's a lie, but it's, a, it's so honest because it's so true. Mm -hmm. You don't until, you know, very recently you, I know growing up, all you heard of anyone famous, everyone had a C-section. Nobody had these natural births. The first natural birth I remember hearing about, you know, on television was Ricky Lake. Mm -hmm. I had, you know, I thought it was very strange because how I grew up, I was born from a, from a midwife. So I thought everybody went to the midwife or they went to the hospital. But in my culture, you saw more black and brown people going to the hospitals because they there wasn't any midwives that looked like them. So if there was a midwife, it was white midwife, and she may treat you just as much of like garbage as the hospital do. So you're like, well, you know, I'm gonna take my chances. And at least at the hospital, you're taught that that's where you're supposed to go. So it's very, 
interesting to have this conversation and have them have, because it doesn't make any sense. Why are we pushing something that is not needed? It's like, we're going to major abdominal surgery and that you have put this pretty bow on it that people are choosing to go through major abdominal surgery. We're not talking about the postpartum. We're not talking about anything. All you see is this baby and then this person held up saying, look what I did. Not about that she can't really walk. She's in so much pain that she coughs, she's going to bleed. It's like, it's so crazy versus letting the body do it naturally does. And until very recently, even breastfeeding, you know, we wouldn't see people breastfeeding because we thought that was disgusting. And then only poor people do that. The luxury thing is to have the bottles until, you know, you have an outbreak where you don't have any formula. So I, I love this book because it does give you that real. And I love that you also say that, you know, this is not a, you know, fluffy read. This is a real read. So that if you're really walking into this space, it's that you understand the thought process of the people who are taking care of you, that they are a lot of times doing what they're told to do. Not that they agree to do it, but this is the way that it is. So therefore you yourself can make the change. So I, you know, I I love that. Um, I know we're getting close to our time and I just want to know, is there anything else you would like to leave in this space? Like if people want to get your book, how do they get it? How do Okay. So I'm traveling to the States tomorrow. Yes. And I'm taking a few copies with me and I'm offering you to have a dedicated copy. I will go there. I will get the book. I will get my beautiful pen that I've bought for this occasion. I will listen to your story. Like if this is, I don't know, a partner or a friend who wants to give the book to somebody else and I will dedicate it some beautiful words and I'll go to the post office and I send it to you. So of course, this is just a few copies because I've, I've, I've already most of them have been booked already, Great. Uh, but I still have a few. So if somebody would like the dedicated copy, uh, just uh, find me. I'm truemidwifery.co.uk. I'm Mujer Medicina in Facebook. Uh, I don't know. Ask Courtney how to uh, find me and, and, and you can find and she can give you my email. But the book, the, the, the book is on Amazon. So you, you without obviously the dedication, but if you want the book, you have it on Kindle, you have it on, on paper, paper copy. And, and what else? I'm just going to read one last bit, okay, if that's okay. Uh, and it's just a doctor who comes into the room when they're discussing this about the celebrities and why. And, and then... So one asks, so why don't they get more information? Why don't women find out more? Because many of them have studied. They're, 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 they're people who, who, who can find that information. And he says, right, but I can't think of anyone more vulnerable than they are. If they sell you the best professionals in the country, it's normal to have blind confidence in them. If they tell you that the best for you is a C-section because you can fit it in your husband's agenda for your convenience, because your pregnancy will be shorter, because, well, it's the same. You know as well as I do what the things that they tell them to sell them the C-section. 
uh, they will be uh, convinced that they will be better treated than anybody else just for being who they are. Mm -hmm. The worst thing is that that's just the tip of the iceberg, Celia lament. What do you mean? Asks Kande. I mean, if they do elective C-sections to celebrities, the rich will also come asking for them. And then the rest of society will demand C-sections too and will claim them as an option, not just as an emergency solution. And this lousy patriarchal society we have, instead of advancing towards equality, will go farther and farther away from it. And women will get C-sections they think they have freely chosen. But the thing is, if you don't know your options, you don't have any. I read a quote from Gloria Lemay, a Canadian midwife not long ago, which said that roses open each one at its own time. And nobody would think of forcing a bud open because we all know we destroy it. However, that's what we're doing to babies because we think we're gods, because we don't know that birth in that way Forcing births that way will have dire consequences in their future life. And when we all know about those consequences, there will have passed decades in which babies will have been extracted from their mothers, who will have been deprived of one of the most joyful moments in their lives. And this is such an aberration and will have such an impact in the future that we will come to be remembered in posterity as the society that emptied wounds, the society that forced their most precious buds open. Wow. Thank you. That's that's so true. And we are seeing it time and time again, you know, here in the States, you have black and brown women dying four to five times the rate of their white counterparts. And it's that forcing, we're gonna force you to do is what we say, not what's best for you, not what's best for the baby, is what the patriarchal society of, you know, obstetrician says, this is what you're gonna do. And how and we've been evolve. silent so much, and mm -hmm. you have been silent more than than me in, 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 in our skin color, but we all have been silent. And we the reason why more black and brown women die is because you've been silent so much that when it's, when it hurts, and when you're dying, you can't even say. You're scared to say because they're not going to listen. That's it. You're moaning. I remember working and I know what they say about black women, what they say about Chinese women, what Arab women. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It's it's something that is not true. It's something to keep you down again, to keep you quiet, to keep you where I want you. And that's the reason why you die more because you have been quieted more than we have. Mm -hmm. And it's so, so, so wrong that we must stop this now. <sighs> and there is a way, there is a way. Come and find me, come and find me. I'm, I'm, I, I know, I know, I know the way. Mm -hmm. Come and find me. So I'm so glad that we were able to have you here and you to help show share space with us, share your knowledge and your wisdom with us and your perspective with us and to really give an eye-opening, you know, account of what really is. And then taking this time to write this book and to give that perspective that's really needed, that people really know what is out here. And then it, and then the most important part is that you don't have to do it that way. 
there is other options. There is that community that, you know, real genuine love still exists in the birthing process. Mm -hmm. And it's just about how to find it. I'm going to tell you just one last thing because yesterday I just had the most beautiful, beautiful story. Every time, like I'm my next uh, true midwifery course starts next April, mm -hmm. uh, so now it's the the early bird uh, session until the end of the year. So if that 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 would be the time to come and talk to me if you say like, oh, I want to do that. I want to study what this uh, woman is talking about. Yeah, come and come and talk to me. So I had an an, an interview with uh, with a woman who uh, wants to start the course. And she has been the first one in the three, three and a half years that I've been running this school that she has put herself first. And when I ask her, why do you want to do this course? Is because I want to be a mother, because I'm going to get pregnant soon. And I need to know all this. I'm doing this for myself. Mm -hmm. And then she said, and then I will look after others. But she's been the first. We are so full of love that our thing is to give. And why do I want to do this? Because I want to, to help women, because I want mm -hmm. to heal the world, because I want to help the babies. And because she was the first who says, because I'm doing this for me. And I, I just made me feel so, so good. I actually told her, it's like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for telling me this, because that's it. We have to put ourselves first. You are the most important person in the world. Each one of us, you are the most important person in the world. It's not your child, it's not your baby, it is you. I'm now I've got three daughters and I'm learning so much because the gap between the older two and, 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 and this one is, is quite big. And we learn from example. It okay. doesn't matter how much I tell my daughters, you put yourself first, you put yourself first, you put yourself first. When we come from outside and it's really hot and one of them goes to the toilet and the other one goes and takes off her shoes and I'm pouring myself a glass of water and the moment I'm going to drink it both of them want to have my glass of water I'm so sorry I'm drinking the water you chose the toilet you chose taking off your shoes I chose the water and I am choosing me you can wait and until after me, you can pour yourself your own glass of water. This is super important. And this, um, this lesson has been taught to me by my youngest because mm. I was talking about the other two. So I just want to, to bring her in here. Always, always put yourself first. I love that. And I feel like that's the best way to really, you know, close out for today is to remember to put yourself first, drink your glass of water first, and then allow them to pour their own. So I, I love you guys. Thank you so much for coming and sharing your wisdom with us. And to my viewers, thank you for coming to According to Courtney. Love yourself. Pour into yourself. You are important. You are needed. And thank you for being a part of our journey. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to have you. Thank you so much, Courtney. Thank you. Thank you. I'm full of love. This has oh. been a beautiful, beautiful time. Thank you. So we're done with the recording part of it. I just want to tell you thank you so much. She's going to do all the editing.